0: Welcome on into Betting the High Line, your go to destination for all your soccer picks, parlays, plays, and more. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by Taylor Wilson. Taylor, how are you doing on this Christmas Eve?
1: Doing great. Uh, betting the High Line Industries never stops, Tom. We got the <laughs> busiest part of the year here. You know, Christmas Eve is great, Christmas Day is great. But we all know the real soccer fans are waiting for Boxing Day. That's where the real action is. That's where the gambling action is. And uh, I can't wait. Really fun slate here Saturday, Sunday. And then it just gets into constant prem for the next, what, two weeks? It, it, it's absolutely bonkers because you think
0: about the fact that we had these League Cup games last, oh, over the last week, RIP Everton's League Cup hopes. Then you transition from those midweek games to weekend action and then you immediately follow that up with Tuesday and Wednesday games. The slate is so packed right now. Like, we, should we even really have a League Cup with all of these fixtures that these Premier League teams have to go with, especially in this season coming off that compact uh, offseason? These players have to be gassed. I, I think everyone in the Premier League has to be looking with envy at some of these other leagues taking the Christmas break right now because it is absolutely brutal. And then on top of all that, you're going to come up on a summer that actually has significant international play this year, and oh man, these players, their legs just have to be absolutely dead at this point, but unlike them, we only have to talk about the games, and that means that we do not take the week off. I know you've been slammed over the last several weeks at work i have been uh, I've been having an absolute time at my job too we've been We've been nonstop action for several days. this is my first day off in a while, but hey, we're still here, and you know who else never takes a day off? Greg Peterson over on Hoopin' with Hoops. If you are a fan of college basketball, there is no one better to listen to. He's our friend over on the Bookit Sports Network. Thank you once again so much to the Book It guys, to our CEO, Trent. We hope that you feel better soon. Just tested positive for the Rona, but he's been tweeting. He says that he's doing well. We hope he feels good, and we want you guys to remember to download the Bookit app. It is awesome. It is a Bet Tracker, it is part social media. We are posting all of our plays on there after the podcast. You can check it out. Follow along with us. Let us know what you think. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm TV at work on both apps. Taylor, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me over on the Twitter timeline at ATLTWIL. That's ATLTWIL. And then, uh, yeah, on Book It Sports at just TWIL. Nice and easy there. Just one L. So uh, easy enough.
0: Easy enough is right. But now that we've got that spiel out of the way, and once again, seriously, follow Greg Hoops Peterson, great college basketball mind, also does baseball. Dude never takes a day off, never sleeps. Follow his podcast. He's been kind enough to plug us as well. Wanted to share some of that love on this Christmas Eve. But now let's get into it and let's talk first and foremost about the closest game to us right now and one that is going to be honestly undecipherable to me. This screams a 2-1 result. I just can't tell you which way, and the line just makes it so tough. Leicester City versus Manchester United. United a plus-128 favorite to Leicester's 2-1 dog, the draw at plus-260. And I wish, Taylor, that I could take some action on the total in this game. But to go over two-and-a-half goals is minus-148, and that just feels like too much juice for me.
1: See, I think that's the only play to do in this, time. Not one of my best bets of the week, but that's exactly where my head went to. Very hard to pick either side of this, Leicester or Manchester United. We already know what's going to happen this week as far as the public. The Man U backers are going to come out of the swamp, try to lay a ton of money on United with this good form, the 6-2 win in recent days, and then they, of course, knocked out your Everton boys uh, in the League Cup in midweek. Apologies for bringing that up. But... I, you know, I'm not a Manchester United believer still. You look at the Leeds game, I think that had a lot more to do with Leeds. Now, United can score goals, they can create chances. That's never been a question for either of us, I don't think. Um, But that that was all about Bielsa Bowl in that Leeds game. It was wide open. Leeds were willing to throw numbers forward and leave themselves exposed at the back, and it completely went against them, and Manchester United scored six goals. Um, I will say this, and I can understand you being thrown off by the price, Tom, but Seven of Man U's last nine games, all comps, have had four-plus goals in them. So there's a couple of things that I look at considering that stat. One is you could consider the over three-and-a-half if you wanted to get a better price. The reason why I don't love that is the Leicester side of things. You know, Leicester can kind of pull that, drag that over down just a little bit, knowing – what they do defensively in some of these games, the fact that they're the home team. Now United have been the best road team in the Prem this season. So we, you know, as we've said so much so far this season on the show, we can throw home and away kind of completely out for the most part. But, uh, you know, except for maybe some of those European games, but United's last
0: loss in their last five is the Red Bull Leipzig three, two game and their last five away games, all wins. They've been unstoppable away from away from home this season and i i, I got to agree with you my problem is that if you look back at the last five matches you've got the man city draw the zero zero manchester derby and then they played sheffield leeds and everton and the sheffield and leeds games both insane they got eight goals total in Lee versus leeds five versus sheffield but my problem again is the lester play 2-0 versus, 2-0 versus Everton, and yes, it wasn't a Premier League game, but I, I just don't i, I don't want to take over three-and-a-half goals because I don't think this game finishes 2-2. I think this game finishes around that 2-1 spot. It's just too much juice.
1: Yeah, we're, we're in full agreement on this. I do. This is kind of one of those where it's like if you force me to do a play, I'm doing that over two-and-a-half. I'm laying anything inside minus 150. I, I don't hate the juice maybe as much as you do because I think that's exactly – kind of the zone in this game. I'd be surprised if we get a nil-nil or a one-nil in this one, just knowing how Man U has played in in the last kind of six, seven weeks of soccer. Not one of my best bets. I'm I'm still kind of unclear on whether or not I'm going to take it, but this is one of those where it's like, you have to do a play right now. That's what I'm taking. That's the only one that kind of seems relatively safe, but like you say, not the best juice price on that.
0: I fully agree with you on that. Do you want to move on here to the next game down? Because this one It's actually a little bit of a doozy for me. I originally, when I saw this line, said, oh, hammer away, best bet, lock it in. Now, I'm not so sure because I'm taking a lot of things into account that we're going to go into in Fulham versus Southampton. Southampton, a plus 132 favorite. Away from home, it's at Craven Cottage. Fulham, plus 220 as the dog. And the draw, $2.30. Now, I initially saw that plus 132 price on Southampton, who has been such a great team this season. And I was like, fire away. But Fulham's been sneaky. And here's the other thing that's bothering me for that game. Scroll down a little bit on the docket, and Southampton's name comes up against West Ham on Tuesday, just three days later. Again, it's that packed schedule. Now, South Fulham and West Ham not the worst games for Southampton to be going into but this isn't one of the big 6 teams they struggle with depth and so now I'm starting to worry okay maybe I should stay away from that because Fulham's also been deceptively okay lately
1: so I agree with everything you said about, about Fulham, about the possibility of this being a trap game. The thing about these schedules and this time of year is we're constantly thinking, oh, who's going to play in this game versus that game? There's going to be a ton of rotation across all of these Prem teams. And Southampton doesn't have a whole lot of that depth. They're also not going to have Danny Ings in this game. He's hurt. They played pretty well without him, though. And I again, you know, with my Southampton futures – With my just kind of game-to-game backing of them, I took a money line (laughs) against Man City, and I didn't think they played that poorly in that game. You know, City kind of did what they've been doing this year, which is anti-City of years past, but trying to grind out 1-0 wins. They got that in that game. Um, But if you look at Southampton's full body of work this year, Tom, whether they have Danny Ings or not, they really only have one bad game the entire season. I know we were really frustrated with them blowing that 2-0 lead against Manchester United. You could consider that a bad performance, I guess, in the second half, but ultimately that's losing to a team that should be beating them. Man, you, the only bad performance was that five, two dropping against Tottenham. But outside of that, they have been awesome. Whether they're drawing or winning, they've been putting up really, really good performances week in and week out. And I just think they're a better team than Fulham. So, I totally get the idea of kind of looking through the fixtures and thinking, oh, who do they have next? Who are they going to play in this game? Um, it's possible that Oriel Romeo won't play here either. They're going to be missing some guys, no question about it. But, again, they've won games without Danny Ings this year. Che Adams has stepped up. Theo Walcott has stepped up. Uh, I love their manager. I'm continuing to back them. you are getting a good price here at plus 132. And I just don't want to overly psych myself out of some of these by thinking about kind of what the next game is. I think it's something you have to keep in mind. You have to think about who's going to be playing. And with all of these, the caveat that I'm going to have this week and next is wait for the lineup if you want. There's not going to be crazy changes for most of these numbers. So if there's something in the lineup you're waiting to see, by all means. But I like Southampton in this. I'm taking them plus 132. I'm going to be on the same boat, but
0: real quick before we move on to the next game here, one of these things is not like the other. Fulham has three draws in their last three outings. The teams that they've drawn against, Newcastle, Brighton, and Liverpool. (laughs) That is still the most WTF result of the year.
1: Well, especially considering what Liverpool just did this past weekend, which we can get into, but the 7-0 win, I mean, just, just insanity. Nice of them not to go for two in that one. Uh, Do you
0: have anything in Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, or do you just want to breeze through this one? Villa minus 108 at home, Palace plus 275 on the road, and the draw plus 285. Anything you really want to get into there?
1: Oh, yeah. Tom, I love this game. I love Aston Villa. All right, then. Yeah, I love Aston Villa at this price in this game. Minus 108 is perfectly acceptable for me. I think they are considerably better than Palace. Now, Villa has been very kind of win or lose this year, a little bit boom or bust. And Palace is kind of the same deal. So I can understand anyone being like, ah, this is a little bit iffy for me. But if you just break it down, Villa is a better team. They have better players than Crystal Palace. Position by position, Palace is very reliant on Zaha. What's happening with Villa this year, with Jack Grealish, is absolutely astonishing. Let's take a look at just Grealish for 20 seconds here. True star this year. Six goals, five assists. He's now the highest rated player in the entire league, according to Opta. So we're talking about a genuine player of the year candidate right now for Aston Villa. Last season, the whole Villa storyline was, oh man, Jack Grealish has to play striker. He has to play number 10. He has to play number eight. He has to be a defensive midfielder. He has to play center back. He literally was doing everything for that team. But this time around, they've been able to bring in the correct pieces around him to take a lot of that pressure off. And we're seeing the effect right now with Grealish playing out of his mind. He's also most key passes per match in the league this year at 3.6. The players in second and third, Kevin De Bruyne, and Bruno Fernandez. So, if you want to give those guys the credit in terms of their playmaking and their assist making, you got to give it to Jack Reelish as well. One of the best players in the league this season. And all of the other pieces they brought in, Emmy Martinez, Ross Barkley, Ali Watkins, have been so impressive for Aston Villa this season. I think they're much better than Palace. I've been fading Palace a lot this year. Mixed results there, but this is just a classic better team. At a good price, Villa, fourth highest expected points in the league as well, so the analytics love them. Uh, Give me Aston Villa inside minus 110. All right, you've got me convinced. I don't really have
0: a play in this one, although I do agree with everything you're going there. But this next game on the list, I absolutely do have to have a play on, and I'm sorry, i got to reserve it already. This is one of my best bets. I've already got money in it. Have to, have to, have to take Chelsea. At the Emirates, minus 109 versus an Arsenal team that is a 3-1 to dog at home in this one, plus 260 on the draw, but you're not going to need that. Chelsea should not be anywhere in the neighborhood of minus 110. This should be at least 30 to 40 points the other way.
1: Okay, so I am going to be taking two plays, and one of them is what you just mentioned, but that's my second play with probably a, a slightly smaller unit than my main play in this. Before the reveal of what that play is, let's just remember, hopefully all of you at home have been taking notes about what we've been talking about all season long with Chelsea in games. I would say similar to this. Now, at this point, we don't consider Arsenal a big team. We don't even consider them a good team. But if you look at what Chelsea has done in the games that you would say have high stakes attached to them, Frank Lampard has gone super defensive, has gone very cagey for the first half, and then has slowly made those adjustments in the second half to try to get one or two goals and get the win. Even the same thing happened in the West Ham game earlier this week. West Ham's not a big team, but that was a game that Chelsea desperately needed to win, and that's how Lampard approached it. Liverpool game, they lost 2-0 because of a red card. The Manchester United game, the Tottenham game, both of those were nil-nil draws. I think Frank Lampard approaches this game exactly the same way, and I don't... I do think Chelsea wins, but I think that first half is going to be cagey and it's going to be a lot tighter than this game should be. Chelsea, much better team than Arsenal. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Even the most ardent Arsenal fans, possibly especially them, (laughs) would agree with me on that. Um, But this is a game that Chelsea – the pressure is on for them. Anything other than a win is going to be super embarrassing. And I think about the psyche of some of these players right now. A guy like Timo Werner. A guy like Kai Havertz, they're getting completely in their own head. Timo Werner has sort of a a Fernando Torres, El Nino effect right now where he's averaging like two or three atrocious misses a game. I don't love a matchup where kind of all the narrative is, oh man, Chelsea, this would be an embarrassment if they lose it. Um, I don't think they will. I wouldn't recommend taking Arsenal, but I think all of that leads to me thinking that Frank is going to be a little bit cautious In the early stages of this game before kind of opening it up so having said all of that i'm taking under two and a half goals at minus 117 as my main play in this now i'm definitely going to sprinkle a little bit pre-flop into chelsea minus 109 i think you have to uh just as them being the better team and certainly live in this game there's all kinds of chelsea moves that i'd like to take i might try to hedge this move out if chelsea gets an early goal I might be thinking about maybe they will blow them out and and the the under is cooked. So maybe I then take Chelsea on a goal line and I think about all those kinds of hedges. But um, I think Lampard approaches this like the United game, like the Spurs game, like the Liverpool game, even though Arsenal is a much worse team.
0: Now, what would you think, because looking at the wonderful betting menu offered by our friends over at DraftKings, where, full disclosure, we're getting most of these lines and also... Very importantly, full disclosure, DraftKings does not pay us for this. There is no agreement or any sort of deal whatsoever, although they do occasionally send us over some nice information on betting splits. But for the most part, we just like using them due to their availability for the most amount of people and also the fact that they do offer just such a wide variety of things to bet on preflop. Under a under half goal plus two, two to one. Under a half goal is two to one in this game for the first half.
1: That's what interesting are you
0: What are you thinking about that prop? If you think this game is going to be cagey, I think that's something that you might want to look at, especially if you think that uh, they're not going to be as big, they're not going to be as aggressive in the first half. Maybe it finishes that half zero zero, yeah, two to
1: one, little unit. Uh, yeah, I'm adding that in, Tom. Actually, the more and more I think about it, uh, that's a that's a coin flip bet at two to one. So that should be plus. That should be even. And you're getting a two-to-one price. Um, yeah, absol- absolutely uh, going to take that. Uh, I'm going to take the overall <laughs> pre-flop under two-and-a-half with a little bit of juice. I'm going to take Chelsea minus 109. I'm going to have so much action in this game, but why not, man? It's the holidays. Let's, let's throw some action down on a big game.
0: Sheffield versus Everton. Next one up. Everton only minus 114. Yes, they're away from home, but Sheffield also literally has, what, one draw this season?
1: Two draws, two points in, I think, oh, 14 games. So absolutely is, atrocious. I, I believe the worst start in the Premier League era of history for any team through their first 14 games. Uh, absolutely horrendous. Essentially a betting lock at this point to go down um, so you could get good value for them to survive if you have any argument for that at this point. That would be a massive um, comeback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just haven't seen – we've seen nothing from them this season. I uh, – I, this – to me just is a classic better team money line bet. I, I mean, Everton, I, I know this is a weird time of year and it would be kind of no offense to my toffee friend over on the other line, very Everton to somehow mess this up, but minus minus one fourteen, I, I I don't, I think that number is a little bit off. Don't you? I, I have to agree. I think the only reason that it could be
0: where it is, is mostly because of the fact that like we said earlier, Everton just had that bad loss to Man United in the midweek for the League Cup. Now they're coming into this game, and then on Tuesday they have a showdown with Man City. So that's where you think that they're definitely going to be practicing some heavy squad rotation here. But even then, a rotated Everton squad still has some depth. They're not as deep as some other teams like the Man Cities and the Liverpools of the world, but they're good enough to get the job done against a team like Sheffield. At only minus 114, this has to be a must-buy.
1: How important do you think the League Cup was for Everton? Like were they looking at this month and saying that League Cup game was the most important game? Or were they saying, no, that Man City game or or maybe even the Sheffield, you're not like the games that they can win are actually the most important games in, in the Prem? I don't honestly know. I think that because I don't think that trophies
0: and hardware are what they're after just yet. I think that the point is to finish in one of those top four spots and get into the Champions League because that's going to just further increase their value in the summer transfer window. And what you're looking at right now in the ownership room is Farhad Moshiri is looking to control even more shares of the team. They just had a, uh, they just had a freeze announced today as they're preparing for that increase in his ownership stake. So I think that what's going on is if they can angle themselves into the Champions League, they're going to have yet more cash coming in this off-season to bring in some players and really start to make a push to become one of those power players.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I, you know, <clears throat> that the as you said like the league cup timing on the fixtures this year is so insane. You put on top of that the condensed Champions League group stage schedule you put on top of that two international breaks let's not forget we've had two international breaks which is not a break at all for most of these players they're going off to different continents and stuff playing uh World Cup qualifiers or even friendlies or UEFA Nations League whatever it is so this has been an insane fall this is always a crazy time of year in the prem yes they look longingly off to Germany and places that have international breaks that have yeah. break, uh, winter breaks but uh, this is even crazier this year with everything that's happened the last four months. It's been completely bonkers.
0: Man- Man- Manchester City, Newcastle. I mean, you could take the over five goals, I guess.
1: I, th- I mean, this has to be uh, a no-touch, I think, across the board. You um, don't
0: want to lay 9-1 to with Man City? That's what you're telling me? 1-9? to 1-9, to nine, you're right. Yeah
1: uh no thank you i <laughs> i'm <am> golden <laughs> on that um the somewhere in the in the the quarter ball goal line kind of zone on the newcastle side just because there's so much value if you think that they could keep it close at all you could get them a uh, plus a goal and a half at plus 210 um i i don't have much newcastle faith um but i also like if you just look at what man city has been doing this year the books haven't totally caught what their games have been like. I mean, 10 of their 13 matches this year failed to cover a minus one-and-a-half goal line. So the trend is definitely there for West Brom to – or for West Brom – for Newcastle to keep it close. Um, you know, you can get a good price on that. That might be the move that I would do, again, in a situation where someone forces me to touch this game. But I'm not touching.
0: Yeah, you you could, you could bet on them to blow them out by X amount, but it's just – it's not worth it. You'd have to watch this game, and uh, it's just such a no-touch for me that you're not going to get a good number. You're not going to find good value there. And this Man- the Man City team is still good enough to do that, uh, to, but they, they haven't been massively consistent this season, and that's been their problem. In the days of old, they were blowing every team in the bottom half of the table out by three, four, five goals. Now they still do that, but not quite as much. What about Leeds United versus Burnley? Leeds coming off another rough week, which by the way, the 6-2 loss to Man United officially meant that I went two and one this week on best bets. We forgot to mention this. The streak is over. We we're in the win column.
1: Hey, out of boy, out of boy. Well, one and two for me. So I you're at least someone's winning out there. And uh that was a good hit. That was a good hit. I Leeds, you know. They are this fun – they're the fun newly promoted story this year. Um, They have been since they came up by automatic promotion, mostly because of their manager, Marcelo Bielsa. Um, It is something to be commended, having that kind of entertainment value when the stakes are as high as they are to survive or not survive the prem. There was this big philosophical debate in the English soccer world this week of like, you know – from from a fan's perspective, entertainment versus kind of these teams that come, like a Burnley, right? So perfect example in this game. Burnley now in their fifth year in a row in the Prem off of this Sean football where they're completely overperforming. It's a, 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 an old uh, textile industrial town in the north of England that has not spent a whole lot of time seeing their football club in the top flight of English soccer. Um, and here they are five years in a row, but they've done so off of this really ugly style to watch defensive one, nil wins, nil, nil draws, one, one draws, not a whole lot beyond that. Not a lot on the highlight reel and leads every single game. There's like 10 different highlights to pick out from, but they will have those losses. They lost four, three to Liverpool in a crazy game to start the year. They beat Fulham four, three in a crazy game. They were on the losing end of this six, two. That's just how their games are going to go. So sometimes they'll be on the winning end, sometimes they'll be on the losing end. The weird thing is, in this one, you have this clash of styles. You have that open flair and panache of Leeds, and you have that caginess of Burnley. I actually think that might benefit Leeds to get the win in this just because, you know, one of their big downsides is teams hitting them on the counter uh, when they leave all of those holes with guys going forward. And Burnley. Yeah, they, in theory, they do a lot of their attacking on the counter, but they don't do much attacking of any kind, including counter attacking. So I don't think that's something that Leeds needs to worry about with some of their defensive issues right now. Um, I don't love most of the prices in this, but I would take Leeds on the money line minus 137.
0: I think I'd have to go about the same. Leeds is still a decent team. They're not good, but they're not bad. And it, again, it's not going to be a best bet, but. It's far from a no touch. If I was making a play, I'd go with you there. West Ham, Brighton. West Ham $1.35 at home, Brighton two hundred five on the road, and the draw plus two thirty five.
1: You mentioned no touch. This is possibly my biggest no touch of the week. Um, I, I have I don't think I've bet on Brighton once this year. And you can't because they're so weird. They are so up and down and so unpredictable. And
0: that's not what you want in a mediocre team. You want a mediocre team that's going to go out and you know that they're going to beat the teams below them and lose to the teams above them. This team has done it all. They have lost ridiculous games. They have had the crazy results. Like, again, another team that's drawn with Liverpool that really had no business doing so. They're weird, and that makes you not want to touch them as a better.
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, like, the analytics like them, fourth highest XG, fifth highest expected points – but a lot of that, like you say, when you're inconsistent, it almost doesn't matter because we have no idea what kind of xG we're going to get in any given week. And even um, then, the expected points don't translate to actual points every time. Exactly. Well, and they have they for a lot in a, in a the most of these games have not for Brighton, um, a team that has to start thinking about uh, the possibility of relegation and certainly will be fighting for their prem lives. I think there's bad enough teams in this league where they will survive, but yeah, only narrowly. They're lucky this season because if the, the way they've been performing this season
0: would be good enough for them to go down in plenty of other years, but this season there's such a compact amount of teams at the bottom that I think they will be safe. There are enough, play, there are enough teams playing at a level below them. Their inconsistency means they have some good performances that are going to pull them out, out. Again, I will say if I, was tra- if I could make the deal and I would trade Everton winning the league this year, for watching Arsenal go down this year. That would just be so prime. And I would I'm not even a hater. It's just the memes and I want to see Arsenal fan TV. (laughs) I'm not even a hater. Like I have nothing against Arsenal as a team. I they they don't bother me in any way. I just want to see it happen for the memes, my friend.
1: Oh my God. I mean, like you say, Arsenal fan T V would be as lit as it's ever been. Uh I you know, Twitter would be on fire. It would be great. It would be 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 absolutely great. great. All right, they what would am probably go off in the championship and be like the best championship team ever, but maybe oh, not. Oh, yeah, be, they'd, ha- you know, they'd, they'd have no choice but to be. Yeah. Can you imagine
0: if they pulled the Sunderland and went down twice? <laughs> oh, anyway, best bet of the week here, Liverpool-West Brom. Give me West Brom 25-1 to 1 on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey, happening.
1: So- They're due. They're due. Up the baggies. Hey, it's the holidays. Why not? I love it. I love it. This is uh, this is probably my second biggest no touch of the week. To be honest with you, um, I you know uh, e- even Liverpool by two and a half goals is like around even. I didn't have the but it's also their down, B but...
0: team, so it's like, do you really trust right. them to put well, up
1: the three goals? But you also kind of do, and it's this is this is the thing. Like Liverpool, so Liverpool for years has made this. Um, kind of their identity of like, oh, the academy matters and we actually like are going to bring up these kids and all this stuff. Um, But this season with all the injuries is really testing those principles, right? Where it's like, oh, no, actually, we kind of want our international superstars to be playing when they can. Mm -hmm. Um, Now you throw in the condensed schedule. This is very much a case of I don't know what the Liverpool 11 is going to look like in this game. So maybe I'll wait and see, oh, wow, they have six academy players starting. Uh, huh? Maybe I'll do something, West Brom, like you mentioned, the, the, the money line. 25 to 1. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I, I don't love anything here. Um, what, maybe an overplay, but. Yeah, West but Liverpool, Brom, doesn't,
0: Liverpool doesn't blow yeah. teams out. Yeah, well, except for last week. <laughs>
1: look, the touchdown, the touchdown against Leeds notwithstanding. <laughs> <points> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, I I also think West Brom could hurt you on that. Liverpool could be kind of creating chances, and all of a sudden you look up and it's 2-0 in the 78th minute, and you're like, oh, I don't think any kind of overhit is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I – to, we laugh. If I'm doing anything, I'm just rolling the dice and doing that West Brown money line. I'm not even kidding. Like, why not? There's nothing else yeah. I love in this play. Like, it's, look, is it going to win? No, probably not. But if you throw like something
0: small on a couple lottery tickets every so often, it's not going to sink you. Like, if you every month throw 20 bucks on an insane play that should never cash, i.e. a Jets-Bangles parlay. <laughs> You're not going to lose that much money before one of them eventually does hit. Like They're crazy, but it happens. One of my buddies did actually throw down like 20 bucks on that parlay. Then $900 later, he's pretty thrilled.
1: Incredible. That's amazing. Great hit. I mean,
0: I, I watched my football team blow their one chance at Trevor Lawrence, so I am having a terrible time here. But we've got one game left on the docket. We're still talking about the other football wolves versus tottenham this might be a stay away game for me just because tottenham has been on this downtrend and now we have to ask ourselves was this a bad week or is this what this team really is they went from first in the premier league all the way down to what is it at this point? point
1: fifth uh don't have the table but i think somewhere around there yeah it's definitely it been up a quick a slide
0: it's been a quick slide that's mostly due to just how packed everything's been at the top of the table this season but they have not played well these last couple weeks, and now you have to start asking yourself – down to sixth, by the way. And now you have to start asking yourself, is Mourinho Ball already starting to fade, or is this team going to be able to bounce back? And they have to do it against a Wolves team that has admittedly been not great their past, their past several games. They're 2-3 and three over that time, including a bad loss to Burnley in their last one out to one before that, though, they beat Chelsea 2-1. And then before that, lose to Aston Villa one nothing. And before that, 4-0 versus Liverpool, before going back to their fifth game back now, 2-1 win over Arsenal. This team has been very inconsistent versus a Tottenham team that's just been sliding until, of course, getting it done on a cold Wednesday night in Stoke, 3-1 in the League Cup.
1: <laughs> well, even if Mourinho ball isn't getting the results anymore – it should still be getting you a good amount of unders and this is the thing when you do Mourinho versus Wolves two very fun under teams I think you have to look for an under angle here the biggest one for me is that first half under half a goal plus 170 I think that's golden I, I don't think either of these teams are going to be too eager to score in the early stages of this game um, I'm probably going to also just do a full game pre-flop under two and a half at minus 148. I know you've been kind of um, trying to stay away from those uh, juicier sides of the under or the over. I just – I don't see any scenario where the over hits in that. So, I'm fine laying inside a buck 50 on that one. And, yeah, I mean, you always have to think about Wolves for a first half under. You combine that with Mourinho ball – I think that has to be the play. I think the full game under two and a half has to be the play. So I'm taking both of those in this game. No side of the result, just the under. Yeah, I I mean, you you have to go with the
0: under. And minus 148 is a little more juice than I like to lay, but it's still very doable. I, I'm going to – that that was the only thing. I have it in my notes. That's the only thing I was looking at in that game too because there's just no – there's just no nothing else that I want to look at there. This team should win, but – it's still you're you're messing with, you're, you're messing with a, a Spurs team now that we don't really know enough about to really be talking about.
1: yeah, I think that's fair, and eventually like now you're already seeing the futures market adjust a little bit as far as what Tottenham is going to do um, on the full season in terms of their title chances, in terms of their top four chances even. I still would recommend not ignoring a team with Harry Kane and Sun Hyung-min and Jose Mourinho, who's won a ton in his career. Um, But, you know, if Liverpool is pulling away from this thing, and I mean, we could have a short futures convo if you want, but I I don't think any of these teams um, I like as much as I did at one point because a fully healthy Liverpool is probably better than any of them. And there's not a whole lot of value there for Liverpool either. So um, as far as Tottenham game to game, I think I'm mostly going to be looking at unders going forward. I'm going to be looking at an occasional kind of minus one or uh money line. If it's inside minus 150 in games where I really feel confident they're going to win. But beyond that, it's a tough team to take on a minus one and a half, which I like for Chelsea against the bottom six, bottom eight. Um, and I like for Liverpool occasionally, it's kind of hard to take that for Tottenham in these little one nil wins. And even the minus one, it's like, You know, like we say, you're betting the push at that point. So it's an increasingly a tough team to bet game to game, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the Mourinho ball effect. You don't know what's going on and it's, I'm trying to find my words here. I'm sorry. It's, it's the Mourinho ball effect in that they're, they're starting to play that inconsistent ball and, it doesn't look like they're going to win a title now, and you have to start wondering about their morale. And then you have to start wondering, are they going to start looking to other competitions? Are they going to start looking at the Europa League? I still don't think so. Jose's ego is too big. He's not going to care about that trophy. But it, it's up in the air, and I don't want to bet on a team that's up in the air. Now, that's going to do it for the slate on – that's going to do it for the upcoming slate this, uh, this coming weekend. But the match week is going to turn around very quickly as there's already games to talk about for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday going all the way into that New Year's Year's match week. Not really something that we want to talk about in terms of picking direct games because of the fact that we don't want to be betting on games when we don't know the results of the game before yet. You don't want to be tying up that money ju- just yet, especially because those lines aren't going to move that much over that period of time. You're much better off waiting, avoiding potential catastrophe with an injury or just, oh, I didn't expect this team to come out and play this lineup in this game. They're going to rotate out of that for the next for the next fixture, but there are some that I wanted to talk about. Everton, Man City concerns maybe as well. It is at Goodison Park, and Everton's a five to one dog. That quite frankly, I might just take a little money. We talk about some lotteries there. Everton's done some weird things this season. They've been they've, they they've been a little more consistent over the last several games, and I don't know. I could see them coming out on top, especially depending on how the results of that Sheffield game goes. If they don't, if they rotate the squad and can still win handily. They, they've done some weird things. And I might take this as a lottery play. It's not going to be a full unit play, but I, am, I, am I crazy for wanting to put a little money on my team if I have the one to win that game in an upset?
1: I, I don't blame you with that price. I just, I, to me, so we, we continue to see a lot of confidence across the board in Man City. Um, and, and this is true in the Champions League too. I still need to see more from them. And I think this is the type of game where we really find out if City is a true title contender, interestingly enough. Like, it's not against the so-called Big Six team, but like you say, at Goodison Park, away to Everton, that's a really tricky fixture for a lot of big teams. By the way, the fans years. are back. Uh, yeah, so so what, what are we talking about with fans? Like a couple thousand?
0: Yeah, but they've been having an effect, I think.
1: I think so. I mean, dude, it's different. It's definitely different than the, you know, someone – hitting play on the, however the, the fake crowd noise works. I have no idea how it works. But um, yeah, I, I am really interested in that game and to see how Pep approaches it, to see if he kind of continues on this defensively-minded, almost somewhat Jose-esque, dare I say, grind out a one uh win approach. Because that's a game that they probably need to win to really inspire confidence in me. Um, in the title race to challenge Liverpool. Um,
0: Southampton plus 106 versus West Ham. That's another one I'm going to be looking at. Uh, Southampton at it. home this time around. Uh, and, again, we got to go through some of these games just because of the fact that we're not going to record before the end, of this, uh, the end of this slate for the next week. So I want to hit on a couple. And Southampton is one that I'm definitely going to be playing. I can already mark that down. The, you're getting a little bit of plus
1: money on them at home. And I'll take that. I think I've had act- action on every single Southampton game this year. So I'm just going to keep been rolling. Profi- a profitable yeah. venture, my friend. There's no, re- there's no reason to stop until it, you know, it starts kind of consistently sliding, which it probably will eventually. I mean, Southampton is not going to finish in the top four, but they will finish probably in the top half of the table. And beyond that, who knows? I mean, maybe they, they can could, get could finish top place. six. Yeah. 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 All right. Do you want to talk about some best bets? Yeah, let's do it. I I gotta get back in the win column uh, on some of this stuff, man. Overall, I'm now uh, at twelve and fifteen. Went one and two last week. Uh, got that under two and a half in Newcastle Fulham, which always felt great, didn't it? Those two teams going up against each other, they played out a a, a one one. Um, the Spurs money line failed miserably against Leicester, and then West Ham plus a goal and a quarter against Chelsea felt pretty good. Most of that game, Chelsea got an early goal, but then for like an hour. West Ham was having a lot of the ball. Arguably, the better team. A one-nil result would have been fine for me. And then Chelsea—I say this as a Chelsea fan—completely ruining me with two late insurance goals to make that three-nil and just bust the entire West Ham play. So <laughs> I need to get back in the win column this week. Man, it, it,
0: it's tough as someone who was out of the win column for two straight weeks, completely blanked. But. I'm liking what we're seeing. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing after a nice two-one uh, comeback. Ironically, the game that I liked the most, Dortmund versus Union, Union comes out with the surprise win, and I'm just like, y- y- "You're killing me here." But we'll see. They still have to announce their new manager, don't they?
1: Yeah. Well, and U- Union, just for a second, has been one of the better stories in. in they Europe. have been. Uh, they really, really have
0: fun. been. And another surprise, man. How surprised were you, by the way? PSG sacking Thomas Tuchel. Speaking of former Dortmund managers.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the standards there are really, really high at this point. They've been struggling a little bit domestically, but you talk about one of the big names. Some, some team is going to be really happy to get Thomas Tuchel now that he's available. So that's how, you know, like uh, maybe they'll regret it. We'll see. Um, But this is the time of year, December, January, where teams, especially the big ones, if, if things are going even a little bit South, often are trying to make those manager changes because it's kind of the only thing you can do to get that immediate injection of something new into a team. We talk about this with Arsenal. It's like, uh, you know, we had Nick on a few weeks ago as an Arsenal fan and talking about, Oh, is it possible that Arteta gets fired this season? And he said, absolutely not. And I was kind of like, yeah, he's probably right. But as Arsenal slides further and further, the only thing they could do would probably be to fire him as well.
0: Yeah. And bringing in Pochettino, a very good call for PSG. I think he's going to do very well there. I was surprised he was out of a job as long as he was. Oh, yeah. And now that's one less manager that Arsenal's going to have in the, in the in their options.
1: And they missed out on Big Sam. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we, we both would have been huge fans of the Big Sam appointment. Um, we talk about memes and Arsenal fan TV and everything. Big Sam, perfect match in that. Uh, what's been a catastrophe for Arsenal this year? So, got to love it.
0: Absolutely. All right, my first pick. I gotta go Chelsea minus one oh nine versus Arsenal. Like that's I, I, I I've had that locked in. Nick, as a matter of fact, texted me today because I was talking with him about some of these picks. And the first thing he said was Chelsea should not be a minus one ten favorite versus Arsenal in the Emirates. It should be much, much higher than that. They should be in the minus one hundred forty range. And I was like, already took that game. That was a no question easy play.
1: So that price is certainly out of whack. I, I worry that my Chelsea fandom is kind of going against me with some reverse jinx reasons here where it's just like, ah, it feels like something that Chelsea can maybe slip up on. Um, what I don't think will slip up is a really low-scoring KG game. So one of my locks is also from that game, but I'm going under two and a half goals at minus 117 as one of my best bets of the week.
0: I'll be following you on that play. i um, not going to parlay those. I know. I. It's tempting. It's tempting, but obviously that's always the sucker thing to do. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be putting. I'll I'll be putting both of those plays in. Now, my second play: Everton minus one fourteen versus Sheffield. It's an, Sheffield's an automatic bet against Everton. Even with squad rotation, should be able to handle this game. Got to do what you got to do, even though Everton's got, got three fixtures in seven days.
1: That's just a classic. I mean, you, you said the same with, with Chelsea at that number. This is another number that's completely out of whack. Uh, yeah. So I'm definitely betting that as well. I don't have it as best bets. More than anything, to try to keep us a little bit different on our best bets. Although, I'll be honest, that is a close to lock. The more and more I think about it, it's a really good bet. Um, God, I'm going you're going to lose that game. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hit
0: me. Once you said that's close to lock, I'm like, oh, we're going to lose. Out. Someone's yep. going
1: to clip me out on that. Um, I'm going th- – this might sound insane for one of my best bets of the week, but I don't know. I've been enamored it's with not this. Gonna,
0: it's not going to be as insane as the third one I have.
1: Uh, okay. Well, I've been enamored with this Villa team, with what I'm seeing from them, and I think they're much better than Palace. Minus 108, great price on that. I think it's another number that's out of whack, frankly. Aston Villa, minus 108 over Palace.
0: I mean, I love that play. Going to be following you. I like that we think alike, but still are able to debate some of these, and we're still able to give out different picks. My final play Leicester City to win versus Man U. Two to one exact score. Nine, oh,
1: to, one. nine to one. Nine to one. Wow. Well, you said you like it 2 1. At first, you didn't know which side, and I guess you've, you've talked yourself into Leicester. See, my. You can go the other way and still
0: be getting plus seven fifty. And honestly, don't hate playing both sides of that (laughs) because I just this game is ending two to one. Both teams are going to score, and one team's going to come out on top. I think, but why not? At nine to one, you're you're taking you're sprinkling a very small amount of money on something that you just got that gut feeling for
1: can't wait for Lester to win two 0 screw over my over screw over you're gonna win, win two nil
0: and Bruno Fernandez is gonna miss a PK
1: there you go <laughs> I had something like minute.
0: yep I had something like that happen last year uh, where I was uh I was I was playing a game with Patrick Maher from v and we had I want to say we had a total of like two and a half or something and I want to say it was a man you game and so the game finished at two goals and there was a PK that someone just whiffed.
1: Oh, was that was, that was post restart. Wasn't it? I feel like I remember.
0: I think it was post restart and he had like money on that
1: game. Oh no.
0: I was oh, there with no. my like $30 and he was there with several hundred. I was like, Oh
1: boy. I mean that there, I feel like United did a ton of that uh, on either the win or the loss side of just like late drama on gambling purposes after the restart oh, last sure. year they did um, <clears throat> all right so my final best bet had a couple I was kind of circling um, I, I really do like the under two and a half in Wolves Spurs and I really like the first half uh under half a goal but I, I think one of those is way on the plus side and one is way on the minus side so I'm just gonna keep throwing Southampton not only into the mix but into the best bets mix at plus 132 against Fulham. Any of these best bets, the caveat on all of this is it would not shock me if either of us have a 3-0 day that we didn't expect or an 0-3 day. There's going to be a lot of madness in some of these games. Um, don't expect this to be kind of the standard couple of weeks of gambling the English Premier League because of everything we mentioned. Squad rotation. Um, in, in this case, Danny Ings isn't playing. There might be a couple of other Southampton players not playing but like I've said, I bet them every week. It's worked out very well for me. So there's no reason why I would stop doing that against Fulham. I'm just not going to. I got I gotta keep riding Southampton. It's a good enough price. Plus 132. locking it I Gotta agree with you there. Gonna be
0: following that play as well. We need to start having something to shake this up, though. We gotta we gotta be able to have some fights on this podcast at some point. But for now, that's gonna do it for us coming in right at that mark and Gonna be a good Christmas. We're gonna have a great boxing day. Gonna enjoy some great Premier League action. Hopefully, we win some hopefully we win some good money off of it. But I think that we're gonna see a lot of great games. Of course, this episode being recorded Christmas Eve. So, guys, we wish you all a Merry Christmas. Once again, want to remind you to download the Book It Sports app. Go and track your bets and make your picks and follow us. I'm at TV at work. Taylor is at T Will with one L on Book It. You can also follow us on Twitter at TV at work again and at ATLT will one L as usual. Let us know your plays. Let us know what you're thinking about over this weekend. Let us know how you like the show, what you want to see more of, who you want to see on as a guest. We're going to be hoping to bring on even bigger and better names as we continue to go along. No slight, of course, against our wonderful guests like Nick and Dylan. They will be back on for sure in the new year. But if we don't talk to you guys before then, although I think we're going to record one more before the year is out. But, guys, it has been a pleasure. Also, don't forget, check out Greg Peterson on Hoopin' with Hoops, also on the Book It Sports Network for all of your college basketball needs. He is a fantastic mind, and he breaks down each and every single Division I matchup. That is just incredible. But for now, guys, we will see you next week. Have a good one. And good luck as our buddy Brent Musburger always says, cash and tickets, that's what it's all about.